This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome back to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitri. I just want to say thank you for making us your first listener today. Remember, we're free and available wherever you download your podcast. And wherever you download your podcast, make sure you leave us a five-star review because guess what? We do not hide greatness on this show. So, yeah, go ahead and leave us a five-star review so everybody and their mama and them can find out what we got going on right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This show, today's show, is brought to you by Bet Online, and we have a lot on board for today t we will talk about whether or not the phillies are starting to look like the 21 braves and also here comes debo and last but not least 20 years ago today another jew was dropped we'll talk about all of that in for the culture but first we gotta talk about the braves losing to the philadelphia phillies seven to six t max free gets off to a rough start and then Oh, it just goes all down here from there. <clears throat> it really does. And, and, you know, I'm not one who has ATL sports PTSD and <laughs> I'm not one who panics, but I tell you Jarvis yesterday, Oh, it was just that game. One just got me. I watched right. for a little while and yeah. then I will admit I went into mother mode. My mom <laughs> says the same thing for everything. Y'all aren't about to stroke me out. I don't care what it is. Everything <laughs> strokes are out. Right. Jarvis. Right. Exactly. That's course, how I yeah. felt yesterday. Braves. Y'all are not about to stroke me out. Now, of course, Jarvis, I will admit, turned the TV off, but kept peeking at Twitter until I got so many notifications because so many people were kind of like stressing out that it just got to be too much. And listen, I know it's game one and it's just game one, but there are some things that really were cause for concern. Now, I think we all knew there was a chance Max Fried wasn't going to be 100%, right? Right, right. His velocity on all five of his pitches was at least one mile per hour below what they were in the regular season. So we right. get that. Mm-hmm. And you can't be mad at the bullpen because they did their job. Jesse Chavez right. gave up one run and that was it for the Phillies. What concerned me was going back to one of those Achilles heels with the Braves, which is leaving runners in scoring position. When you leave nine runners on base in just those first five innings, I mean, how do you expect to do anything but lose? And how do you expect it to be another downhill battle? And one more thing that really, really made my skin crawl you said it yesterday that to pretty much the mvp of this series the braves are going to win if ronald acuna jr does his thing mm-hmm. ronald acuna jr did what he was supposed to do it didn't yes. have to be the long ball he got on base with doubles and singles mm-hmm. dan swanson i need you not to go down three times striking out swinging and then one time striking out looking when acuna jr gets on base to score t like like so I got a thing, right? So I'm not going to refer to him as uh, the D, the D word. His name is James now. His name is James Swanson until he does. (laughs) Yes, James Swanson. So James Swanson and Austin Riley were a combined one for nine yesterday, T, and they struck out seven times. That's not like the whole lineup. That's just two people. They struck out seven times yesterday, T. Like, I don't understand. Like, this is – Dansby has been – I'm sorry. Jarvis, come on. James has been absolutely amazing Mm -hmm. with two strikes in those clutch moments. And he's come up clutch throughout. Yeah, two strikes throughout. That's what we're used to, right? We're used to seeing like, oh, yeah, 
James got this one. He got yeah. this one. He gonna yeah. do it. He gonna do his absolute thing. But I think that when you come to coming to the to the plate in those moments, I had a certain, a certain level of confidence. But when you talking about striking out three straight times, you know what I mean, and, and just looking just all off. Like that's why y'all, I'm calling you James right now. That's you won't get the D word until you actually look like the guy that was um, during the regular season and the guy that's trying to get that check and the guy who is the leader of this clubhouse. And I just don't think that we saw that yesterday, T. And mm -hmm. that's what had had me kind of upset because I was just like, "Come on, man! Like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, because this is absolutely ridiculous." It is. It really, really was. And yeah, it was frustrating because. Also, I gave my tip of the hat to Austin Riley. He was the right. guy that I said, hey, I need you to be the MVP because he was one of the Braves or is one of the Braves that had actually done very, very well career-wise against the Phillies, regardless of what his last few weeks were up and down in the regular season this year, but also had a really nice record against lefties. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this to you. Like, we got this Ranger Suarez dude and Jarvis. Yes, the Braves had that Ranger Suarez dude because he didn't he did. last any more innings. Yeah, I mean he didn't last any more innings than Freed. The difference the base is the bases loaded twice, twice, twice. And the bases loaded. There it is, William Contreras. But there it is. <sighs> the the two pitchers, all things being equal, actually you could make the argument the Ranger Suarez did worse than Max Freed in terms I've of five walks. See, five. in terms five. of walks and just literally being as wild and shaky as you expected him to be right. one thing that you did not expect to happen we talked about this yesterday as well is the defense that nick castellano showed for example when the braves are the ones that usually show that like lights out defense and yes the phillies have been trending hot but i don't think any of us really anticipated that the phillies bats were going to make up for their pitcher and that the braves bats were not and, and and when you think about it, to you, like they were playing some old school style baseball, yes. right? Because we talk about Bryce Harper, but sacrifice butt down. <laughs> Bryce Harper, they play that dude a like half a billion dollars, dang near, and we sit up here watching this dude put down a lay down a bunt. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. that's absolutely crazy. And I think the Braves only actually laid down one sacrifice bunt. I think yep. on in the yep. entire season as a team. Yes. So yeah, and, I, and so when you think about those type of things, like the Phillies were a, willing to do whatever it took yesterday to get that dub and, and that's what they did that's why i think they do kind of favor the 21 braves mm -hmm. because you saw them doing each and everything that they want to do i know it's all about the big boppers and home runs but the braves put pressure on guys last um last season um stealing by stealing bases and all that yes. but you know the phillies aren't necessarily built like that but mm -hmm. being able to do whatever you have to do to be able to uh move on to the next round and, and hopefully that's not the case here, but right. but but they they do kind of uh, remind me of them a little bit. But yeah. I think one of the things though, T is is that that kind of calms my nerves a little bit. I know it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to believe right now because I'm fumbling through my words. Was that the fact that we talked about this yesterday? Was the fact that they were able to once they got to the bullpen. They were able to make yeah, some happen. They were able to make some shake, and I think that if that's gonna, they're gonna have to do that again tonight in order to be able to get a win and tie this series up. Because I know a lot of people aren't concerned about going down, going down 0-2, headed back to Philly, but the Phillies haven't had, been to the playoffs in what eleven years. Yeah. So yeah, they that house is going to be rocking if yeah. if that series is 0-2 coming back to Philadelphia, and I think they'll be looking for a sweep. Yeah, and I don't like 
I don't like going there 0-2 and the Braves being forced to win three straight just to get out of the divisional round. I really, really don't like that. But I agree with you. When we look at the way it happened yesterday, it was like the polar opposite, right? Because the Braves starting pitcher essentially gave up the six runs and then the bullpen gave up one. Phillies, just the opposite. Pretty much, you know, Ranger Suarez gives up a run. Mm -hmm. And their bullpen gives up five. So So, yes. We stick to our guns when we say that the bullpen could make the difference. All we need to see is for Kyle Wright to do what he's actually been doing pretty much this entire season against uh, the Phillies. He's had a good uh, go with them, you know, like three starts. And granted, it's a two and one record, but don't let that record just be the thing you sit on because you mm-hmm. talk about the fact that he only allowed six runs in 19 innings. That's not bad. That's not bad when you think about only seven walks as well. And more importantly, 15 strikeouts. So Kyle mm-hmm. Wright. Please just show up as the 21 game winner that we've seen this season. Just show up as that guy and everybody else, every man just do his job. And like you said, I think then you get to sit, get a series split to take to Philly. Another team we'll be having our eye on tonight are the Atlanta Hawks. They'll be taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's a seven o'clock tip tonight. T, what's going to be looking for tonight? Yeah, I'm excited that they're actually going to get to go up against Donovan Mitchell. I think that's a you know a different look. So just like the Hawks will be taking, you know, another opportunity to gel their backcourt. This is an opportunity to see what the Cavs new new school, new style backcourt and some of their new additions will look like as well. So I like that right. because as we know, the Cavaliers were a tough out for the Hawks always last year until we got to the postseason. <laughs> Thank goodness. But yeah, they were they were a tough out a loss last year. And then also, I don't know about you. But I was excited, Jarvis, when we talked about yesterday how Onyeka Okongu got his fourth-year option picked up. Jalen Johnson got his third-year option picked up. So I'm hoping that maybe we'll get to see a little bit of double O this night, tonight rather, this game, and kind of see, hmm, say you've been working on that mid-range chopper. Let's see what your offense looks like. No doubt about it. And because, and then with Bogdan Bogdanovich, Bogdan Bogdanovich, excuse me, Looks like he will be a game time decision yeah, tonight. Right. And so I'm very interested to see what he looks like coming off the bench because I think that he's going to be the guy that I believe that could be a six man of the year type candidate no coming off that pine like that. Because we know what once Bo gets hot, it can be some, he could do some serious damage. And I think that if he plays tonight, that's definitely who I'm going to have my eye on. If like you want to have your eye on trying to win some money, you need to go to betonline.net. Oh, my God. You need to figure out what the overrun is going to be for the Atlanta Hawks because I'm telling you, we've been talking about these guys on the show. I'm, we can't wait once to the season gets started. Uh, actually, a week from today, yes. October the 19th, they um, opened up at State Farm Arena. So you need to figure out, get that information. Go to the betonline.net because they have all the podcasts and information that you need because they are the place to go when it comes to sports wagering information. And last but not least, I think also, you know, the Falcons are coming up on a a, a nice matchup against the San Francisco 49ers, trying to figure out what their over-under is. Go to betonline.net and get all the information you need and get, because this is, you can download it on your mobile, mobile device. It's very convenient. Go ahead and do that. And then once you do that, because you listen to us as a podcast, why don't you go listen to that podcast as well to try to win some money? Because guess what? Bet online is where the game starts. So Jarvis, I would venture to say that Mm -hmm. it's time for a reset. I think we have all kind of processed what happened last week. 
Yes. Falcons and the Bucks. And now it's time to look forward because they have a formidable opponent in the 49ers that they, of course, are going to host this coming Sunday. Now, the good news is Kyle Pitts got back to practice today. So we're going to take that as encouraging. And maybe Marcus Mariota gets one of his weapons back. We definitely hope so ahead of Sunday's game. But speaking of that, and, you know, of course, we're watching to see how Cordero Patterson is progressing along. Now, the Falcons have their CP. And the 49ers have their version of CP in Debo Samuel, a guy who is just as much of a hybrid as CP. So when we start, started talking about him yesterday, we kind of teed it up on Debo being arguably the biggest challenge that uh, the Falcons may face in terms of the 49ers and their vers versatility on offense. So I have a thought, but I want to get your thought first on how you think that the Falcons are going to kind of scheme how DMP is going to game plan to deal with Debo. To be honest with you, I think that they're going to make sure wherever he lines up, they're going mm -hmm. to know where uh, what Debo Samuel is before right. every play. I think yes. they're going to have to be like, you know, a lot of times when quarterbacks come to the line of scrimmage, they're identifying, okay, such and such is the mic, or 54 is the mic, three mm -hmm. is the mic. Yes. I think they're going to be doing the same thing when it comes to Debo Samuel. All right, right. there's Debo. All right, yes. there we go. Now, mm -hmm. let, now let's let's figure out what we're going to do from here. And I think that right. that's the thing that I think Debo – I'm sorry, Debo – not Dean Pease mm -hmm. is going to make sure those guys are going to be well prepared because, and I think it's a good thing, even though Cordell Patterson is not necessarily at practice right now, right. and of course he's on IR, mm -hmm. but I think that there are some things that, you know, Arthur Smith you know, can do from a scout team, scout team standpoint to kind of give those guys some different looks and, mm -hmm. and kind of have somebody working in that, that Debo Samuel role so they, so they can prepare that defense for what they're about to get themselves into because yeah. I, Kyle Shanahan is a guy that I have respected for a very long time when it comes to play calling. And I think mm -hmm. he's probably mm -hmm. one of the best, if not the best in my eyes, mm -hmm. when it comes to scheming up guys and scheming guys open, mm -hmm. because, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, you have to pay attention to when it mm -hmm. comes to these type of games and the player that Debo Samuel is. And I think that the one thing that I, I, I know that Debo Samuel is going to be a burden Mm -hmm. However, the guy that's throwing him the football, and you know this defense has been turning folks over T. So I think that there's some maybe some opportunity there mm -hmm. for for the uh the Falcons defense to you know make some plays and continue to do what they've been doing, right? And turning yeah. folks over. Exactly. And it's funny you said that because that was the exact place I was going, like Falcons. You guys may have an advantage over everyone else because you have a version of Debo that you've gone against in training camp right. and you've gone against in practice, regardless of if he's out of practice right now. But you've had like a sneaky scout opportunity that maybe most teams, if not all other teams in the league, just don't have. I agree with you. I think Arthur Smith and Dean Pease are going to put their heads together and Dave are going and they're going to be like, yeah, we know how to scheme for this. So I'm actually very intrigued to see how they manage through Debo. And the other thing I like is in looking at the way the Dean Pease uses his secondary. They're mm -hmm. almost like another set of linebackers, for lack of a better term, because they will come up and uh, defend wherever they need to. And I also think, I like Angry Grady. You can't tell me that Angry Grady is not to, about to make something happen. So right. like you said, that's another way to affect Debo without affecting Debo, because if Angry Grady and the rest of his D-line end up you know, winning in the trenches or they're able to get home and get after Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm feeling really confident about the Falcons' chances. 
promise you, I like angry Grady. I do. No, I do. No, <laughs> and then can I add, can I add another one to that? Yes. Saquon Graham. Oh my God, T. I was sitting there watching film yeah. this morning. <laughs> and this dude. I'm talking about just perfect form and how he split the double team. I may drop that video a little bit long. So y'all look out that for at Jarvis D9. I'm going to drop a little bit later on for you guys. Because I think that when you think about just from a technique standpoint, mm -hmm. the dude is, is, is playing at a, a very high level team. Yeah. And that's something that has to be pointed out because a lot of people talk a lot of trash about Tequan Graham. And I probably was True. one of those first persons at, at that time. But, you know, right. coming into the spring and everything like that yeah. and looking at this guy now. He's a guy that can they can be some guy a, a tandem that can take over this game because Tom yeah. Brady talked about after the game he was like yeah. Grady he said I had nightmares about Grady Jerry and from coming from the goat like right. that means a that's lot impressive. you know that's a stamp of proof but Grady Jerry might make the All Pro team on in, in NFL off that comment alone right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying but like you are right you know? right you are right about that though we cannot yeah. give Grady the credit without saying that he finally has somebody who allows him to do his thing because we all yeah. know last year part of the reason that it was an off year for Grady was because there was no help no help no. whatsoever so yeah you're right we need to give Ta Taquan Graham all the credit in the world for bringing his a game and really really taking his game to another level in the off season and by him taking his game to another level that allows grady to really really be grady digging into this dean peace defense in this second year under peace as a dc now here's the interesting part though as much as i think we've all been pretty pleased and pleasantly surprised, like you said, and a little bit pleased with what the D-line has done. There's actually another group that Arthur Smith says he feels like has really been that special part, if not the best part, of the defense. So going back to the inside linebackers on current roster, Mike Welker, we think, is playing really good football, and, and the numbers show that. And same with Rashawn. They all have their strengths. And uh, Troy, you know, he played a little more in some of the two uh, stacked linebacker packages and thought he handled it well, and then he had a little bit of for Nate and if he has to play a little bit more because you know Mike Mike uh, was out and uh, we feel good about quit too um, so uh, we feel like that's the strength of our defense yeah when you think about I've I mean that's why they were able to freely get rid of Deion Jones right yes. because you know yeah. when you think about and and Arthur Smith even said it himself when they were he was being asked about Deion Jones before the mm -hmm. season started he was just like yeah, when, yeah, he's healthy. He's gonna he's gonna come in. He's gonna he's gonna play. He's gonna have to earn a spot because he's gonna, compete. You know, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to compete because they have a lot of talent. I talked about Michael Walker being my pick for mm -hmm. you know the breakout player, and, and he's he's well on his way to that. And yeah. Rashawn Evans is a solid veteran, knowing the system and DPS, and he's been solid throughout this um these first few games of the season. And and when you think about the type of athlete that Troy Anderson is. Like, I wasn't impressed. I'll say that in preseason, I wasn't I wasn't like what I was seeing when it comes to Troy Anderson. But mm -hmm. as how the Falcons are, are spoon feeding him and getting him um, reps and putting him in certain situations where he can shine when, when meaning send him on blitzes, yeah. you know, like, hey, put him in situations. Hey, go get the quarterback. Mm -hmm. Hey, go block this punt. All of those things right there are are, are ways to get your athletic linebackers, guys yeah. who can run and hit and are big and fast get him involved in the game and i think that you know i'm wholeheartedly agree i was literally just like this as soon as i heard arthur smith saying like, yeah, right. yeah, that's the best group that's the best group right. from top to bottom on your on your defense hands down so yeah, yeah. definitely shout out to uh you know coach smith for speaking right. that truth up there in flyover yeah. branch 
But it was so interesting to me because one of the things that we talked about, and don't get me wrong, we're not taking anything away from uh, Rashawn Evans, and mm-hmm. we know we were excited about Lorenzo Carter. Yeah. But real talk, a lot of us were thinking and looking at that secondary and salivating yeah. and thinking that yep. was going to be the strength. I can remember us having conversations saying, oh, the secondary is good. You got nothing to worry about over there. You know, mm-hmm. Casey Hayward's going to be fine. AJ Terrell finally has somebody who he can actually count on. Jalen right. Hawkins is coming up big. So we were like excited about what we were seeing in the secondary. But for me, I'm like you. I am super excited that this linebacker core that we thought had potential is actually showing up and showing out in big ways. So, yeah, I'm like you, excited to see what they're able to do. And again, takes nothing away from the secondary. They've definitely been solid. But I think our eyes were already on them in the, the preseason and over in training camp. And even for the defensive line, well, let's just be real. We all thought, I mean, they, they, they can't go anywhere but up. So right. yeah, no doubt. Yes. They can't go anywhere but up. So I just mm-hmm. really felt like from a linebacker perspective, this was absolutely a place where I can agree. <laughs> like you said, I think all of us were like, oh yeah, coach, that's mm-hmm. it. Yes. And I really do think they're going to make the difference. And like you said, Michael Walker, my goodness, you and I had an opportunity yes. to speak with him early on with his time with the Falcons. And we were like, yeah, he's something special. And then to see him being called out as sort of the vocal leader, that play caller, if you will, on defense. And like you said, we all kind of knew that they were going to move on from Deion Jones, but to actually see it, that to me showed confidence in not just uh, Michael Walker, but his ability to get that linebacker quarter where they need to be. So just uh, excited about that. Can't wait to yes. see what do Sunday. But when yes. we come back, we're going to talk about something that was magical 20 years ago and has stood the test of time as being what? How we get our name for our final segment, because they are all about For the Culture. Final segment of ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra. We want to just say thank you for rocking with us throughout the entire show. We really appreciate you guys. We also want to just say thank you guys for putting us up over 4,500 subscribers. We really appreciate you. And if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, Lord, what are you waiting on? Please come and join the party because we're having a lot of fun right here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. But T, this is... For the culture, it is the intersection between sports, entertainment, mm-hmm. culture, and sometimes whatever you know, we want to talk about because that's just how we get down on this show. Today is no different. T, we're going to talk about, you know, uh, a, a movie that had just reached 20 years. But first, we got to talk about the breaking news just came down the pipeline. Tyler Massick is having Tommy John surgery, and obviously that is going to put him out for the rest of the postseason. And potentially maybe even some into the regular season next year. So um, no Tyler Massick for, for this, for this playoff run this year. Yeah. And it's disappointing. We kind of had a feeling when we heard a, that he was going to where he's heading to Texas for yeah. a procedure and if everything, if it's a, a small procedure or something that's very minor, shall I say, you'd stay here for that procedure. But when we heard Texas, I think we all kind of knew it was going to be extensive. I don't think we thought Tommy John. We were hoping not Tommy John, but yes, like you said, here it is. But the good news for the Braves is that they have had some real success with their middle reliever, starting with Rasiel Iglesias. And we saw it last night, you know, that whole bullpen. I'm I'm calling them Night Shift 2.0. Night Shift 2.0 is really, really doing the darn thing. And I feel like they're in good hands. 
And another thing that just came through from Brian Snickers press conference, conference, of course, net with his pregame presser just before game two is he's playing a little chestnut checkers, Jarvis, because he's saying that he's undecided on his starter for game three. And we know that Spencer Strider is activated. So yes. we'll, of course, talk to you guys a little bit more about that tomorrow once we know for sure. But yeah, I like it, Snit. Play some chestnut checkers. No doubt. All we need is Kyle Wright to pitch like a 20-game winner that he is. Yes. Come on, Kyle. We need you, bro. And yeah. James, I need you to get your life together. All right. Now, <laughs> 20 years ago today, T, there was a very special movie that came out. You know, my girl, now Lathan, and, uh, you know, Tay Diaz got a lot of fans, too. And uh, came out the movie, <laughs> Brown. See how, see how I'm slick? Hey, not ready. <laughs> Did you all yeah, was in that mud did you feel too, the yeah. shade in that? <laughs> <laughs> Tay was in that mud too, you know. But uh, so now, you know, the star of the show, you know, the movie, uh, Brown Sugar came out, and and I think that you know when it, the metaphors that was used in the movie, and you know, talking about falling in love with hip hop, and I think yeah. that when I started reading, going through the article, and I was like, man, like this was just a really dope movie. And when you think about some of the things that you know Tay Diggs had character had to deal with in that particular movie, it feels mm -hmm. like it's some of that stuff is still going on today when they're talking about putting certain rappers out, you know, guys who have, you know, uh, steam commercial. You know, commercial versus, you know, real rap and all that stuff. Yeah. And most Def being in there, he did a really good job of acting, by the way. Yeah. And um, not too hard, you know, he was playing an expiring rapper. So, um, but yeah, I think it was just so many aspects of this movie that I thought that was, that was really, really dope. And, you know, obviously with having African-Americans as lead characters in these movies and yes. to do as well as it did, hey, it was definitely for the culture. Yeah, and that was one of those times where, and I think we're going to get back to that, but that mm -hmm. was one of the times where you have a brown sugar come out and so many other, like, of those, like, romantic films. You've got the best man in that space as well. And so... Wood. Out, yeah. exactly like mm -hmm. you really have so many good movies love and basketball which is probably yes. my favorite but yeah. uh yeah you have so many good movies come out in that space but i think brown sugar just really hit home for all of us especially the hip-hop heads right right because no we kind of know we can remember like sitting back with your crew and listening to whatever was the hotness and kind of depending on which era you were brought up in, it might've been a tape, it might've been an album, it might've been a CD, whatever, but you're kind of listening all the way through because you want to hear all of the good stuff. And then you think about, like you said, most Dev's character and how back then, I mean, mixtapes, that was it. Like you had, yeah. to, you had to get have your mixtape in order for you to get you that. You ain't popping if you got that mixtape. Exactly, <laughs> like everybody's looking like, okay, yeah, great, you got a deal, but what, what do you do on the mixtape? What she do on the mixtape? What so, they talking yeah. about in the streets? What them streets talking about? Mm -hmm. Yep, because if they're not talking, we're not listening. So yeah. it was just really, like you said, so many things. And even reading the article on Sanaa Lathan talking about the fact that she was very specific and very particular about what her look was going to be as mm. an editor for a hip hop magazine as a, and as a hip hop head. And I'm like, yeah, because that's what you really are. Like you go into a concert, it's like a hoodie, throw on that leather jacket, some kicks, and we're out and that and it's just yeah, a vibe. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's a total vibe and then just kind of seeing you know the entrepreneurship of tay diggs character and that takes you back to the early days of like russell simmons and puffy and all those guys who were starting yep. from the bottom even master p from you know around my way so yeah it just i'm like first of all i can't believe it's been 20 years but secondly know, yeah. i'm like man i love it like you said they went even went old school with the note 
at the uh, end. Will you go with me? Yes or no? Right. Yes. Yes. That oh, is yes. So cool. Shout out yeah. to the Brown Sugar cast. Queen Latifah as well. Boris Kojo, Nicole Ari Parker. Like you said, that was a loaded, loaded cast that did just a fantastic job with that movie. No doubt about it. And I just, um, just kind of quick, real quick story. Like it kind of brought me back to a time when I was introduced to Goody Mob, you know, because oh, yeah. you know, my cousin had, you know, had to go take a little vacation for a little while. So I had went over to my aunt's house, you know, helping clean out the room and everything. And I was just going through some stuff. I was like, oh, UGK riding dirty. Okay. All right. Uh, Goody Mob soul food. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Outcast AT Aliens. Oh, okay, that's dope. Let me see what these guys are talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, <laughs> you're talking about being introduced to a whole new world because that was back in the day when they had the interludes on the on the CDs and they yes. used to listen to they CDs. Were almost whole, right, almost whole songs and whole acting type of type of situation. So yeah, it was yeah. it's just like those type of movies. That movie, you know, just took me back to a time where it just like just discovering music and discovering like the 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 uh the groundwork of that the guys that laid down the music in the city of atlanta and it was just yeah. then just to hear from some guys that from you know um port of texas you know what i mean like mm-hmm. it was just like man who is these dudes and this music is sounds so basic like right. where have i been losing out on life right here thank you to my cousin for you know <laughs> sacrificing for so i can understand what hip-hop is all about down here in the south so yeah it was yeah some just a really 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 dope moments now t also another really dope moment is uh the fact that you know hey we have a local person you know uh who is hbcu grad t who um miss bain uh who has started her own ice cream type situation like she you know it was infused with nitrogen because you know she talked about how you know it was a, a situation where she had to you know um figure out a way to you know freeze the ice cream faster because you know hey, she's making it it's homemade and she's using mm-hmm. her grandfather's recipe and i think that for her to be able to monetize something like that you know you know she's going to have a passion for it you know she's going to take her time and, and doing it right and for her to as a chemist grad from tuskegee mm-hmm. yeah. she was able to you know figure out a way to do that and accomplish that now she's out here doing her thing it's called a cream lab by the way if you guys want to check mm-hmm. it out but that is absolutely, absolutely dope and it's so interesting because I have seen the nitrogen ice cream shop and right. I have been intrigued by it, but just didn't go in. But now mm-hmm. that I know one of our sisters, a queen has done her thing and she's local. So we want to support right. her in that. And she's an HBCU grad, just so excited and proud for her and of her. And to think we've got it in our own backyard. And I, it, it just reminds me in all things, Atlanta just really has so much richness so many dope people yes so many so So it doesn't matter whether it's entertainment or whether it's sports or whether it is business the entrepreneurship piece this is just really a special place to live and when you see people like her you're like oh my god and she lives like right around the way and she went to school right around the way and she's doing these great things so now the next time that i see that spot i'm actually going to go in and support the same way that i promise you all I will get back on track and support the Braves this afternoon. <laughs> I have recovered. I am encouraged, thanks to my co-host yes. talking me off the ledge. Yes, yes. And I'm encouraged you. because you know what? James is going to do his thing. He's going to do his thing. Austin Riley is going to bounce mm-hmm. back. And I definitely think that Matt Olson, because we didn't even talk about him, he was pretty much the reason that they even had a shot to be the comeback yes. kids last night. So 
Hopefully, we'll see all those guys just kind of bring it together so that the Braves can indeed head to Philly with a 1-1 lead. And hopefully, Jarvis, too, the weather will actually cooperate because it's supposed to kind of pour uh, over near Truist Park this afternoon. So, guys, come on back tomorrow. Check us out. We hope to be downloading with you guys about two wins. Braves over the Phillies, Hawks over the Cavs. We'll debrief on what we saw last night. You know, we're talking more Falcons, right? Because we're getting close to the game day. Mm -hmm. And anything else sports-related in this town, you know you got it right here. And, hey, you don't even have to see us on the small screen anymore on your mobile device or just on your laptop. Check us out on your TV because you can check us out on Amazon Fire or Roku. So thanks again, guys, for stopping by. Be safe, especially because it's supposed to be kind of slick out there today. We will see you tomorrow. Y'all come back now, you hear?